We are on Da Yutet Amudbet 19b, nine lines from the bottom. Ba mine abai me raba, abai es raba, chitzata kanim, kane kane pachot mishoshah, nidon mishom diomad olav. If instead of placing boards at the corners, you have posts of reeds or some other kind of post, and the posts are less than three tvachim apart, and they're placed in an L shape, is that considered a diomad or not? Amrlei tinituha. He said, we learned this in a brisa. Hayasham ilan ogader ochitzata kanim nidam yishom diomad. says, if there's a tree or a fence or a chitzata kanim, a machitza of posts or reeds, it's considered a diomad. My lav kaneh kaneh b'chomishtosha. Is that not speaking about the case you asked about, where they are less than three talking apart? The Gemara says, Lo, no, gudrita dekani. It's talking about a group of reeds that grows together out of the ground and separates above into separate reeds, but it's not talking about posts placed in the ground, less than three talking apart. The Gemara asks, Ihachi hainu ilan. If that's the case, it's no different than a tree. Why did the Bryson need to tell it to me? Gemara asks rhetorically, Velamai, so what do you want to say? Kaneh kaneh pachot mishosha, that it's speaking about posts three tvachim apart, less than three tvachim apart. Hainu gader, that's no difference than a fence. Either way, the brysa is redundant. Elamai itlach lameimar, what would you say? Tregavni gader, it's talking about two kinds of fences. Hachanami, tregavni ilan, I can also tell you it's talking about two kinds of trees, and it's not addressing your question of posts placed less than three tvachim Apart. Amri, there are those who say that the discussion was as follows. He asked him, if you have this form of vegetation, which is lots of reeds close together on the ground, coming out of one source and separating up above, is that sufficient as a jomad if it's L-shaped? Godrita Dikani Mai, what's the halacha regarding this Godrita Dikani? Amarle, and he told him, Tinituha, we learned it in the Braisa, Hayasham Gader Oilan, Ochitata Kanim, Nidomisham Diomad. If there was a fence or a tree or a Chitzata Kanim, it's considered a Diomad. What is a Chitzata Kanim? My love, Godrita Dikani, is it not this clump of reeds that you are asking about? And the Gemara answers, Lo, no, kane kane pachomishlosha. Maybe chitzata kanim refers to three posts in the ground, less than three tachim apart. But you cannot infer anything regarding the godrita dekani, the clump of reeds. Gemara asks, Yahachi hainu gader. Well, if it's talking about three posts in the ground, less than three tachim apart, that's a gader, and the Bryce says redundant. So the Gemara asks rhetorically of Elamai, Godrita Dikani, so what do you want to say? It's talking about the clump of reeds, Hainu Ilan. That's a tree. Either way, the Bryce is redundant. Elamai, Lachlamemar, what would you have to say? Tre Gavne Ilan, it's talking about two different kinds of trees. Achanami, Tre Gavne Gader, so too, I could tell you it's talking about two different kinds of fences, and it's not addressing the clump of reeds about what you're asking at all. Bamiye Abai Me Rabba. Abai asked another question from Rabba. If there's a chatzer whose end goes into the area that's enclosed by the pasim near the well, can you carry from the chatzer into the 
area between the pasim, and from between the pasim into the chatzer, mutar. So Arava told him, yes, it's permitted. Ordinarily, when you have two chatzeros adjacent to each other, you cannot carry from one to the other, even though they're enclosed and there's an opening between them, unless you make an eruv. That is, you set aside some bread to be shared by the two chatzeros. But nobody lives between the pasim, and therefore there's nobody there, nobody who lives there to prohibit carrying in the chatzer, in the adjoining chatzer, without an eruv, and therefore, even if you don't make an eruv, that is, even if you do not join together over bread, you still can carry from the chatzer into the adjoining space between the pasim. But, shtayim mai, but what if there are two chatzeros opening into the area surrounded by the pasim around the well? Amrlei asur, Rabba told him, it's prohibited to carry from the chatzer into between the pasim, as the Gemara will explain. In the case of two chatzer, it's, it's prohibited even if they have an opening between them in addition to the opening to between the pasim, and they made an eruv with each other. Why? Because people might think that where two chatzeros don't have an opening between them, but they both open to the area between the pasim, around the well, that you could make an eruv between them through the bein ha-pasim, just like when you have two chatzeros opening off of a mavoi, they can join together through the mavoi. I might think that the area between the pasim has the same halacha, and it doesn't. Therefore, the chachamim made exera that even when the two chatzeros do open to each other, in addition to opening to the bein hapasim, you cannot carry from one to the other, you cannot make an eruv between the two chatzeros. And Rava Amar Ervu Mutar. Rava says, no, if the two chatzeros made an Eruv, they are permitted to carry from one to the other. We don't make such exera, Since they have an opening between them, and they made an Eruv between them, we're not going to make exera that they cannot carry just because they both open to Bein HaPasim. Amrle Abayi Rava. Abayi said to Rava, Tani there's a brisa that supports your position. It says, Chatzer If you have a Chatzer, that has one opening, one end opening between the pasim, you may carry from between the pasim to it, and from it to between the pasim. I said that backwards. You can carry from it to between the pasim, from between the pasim to it. But if there are two chatzeros, it's prohibited. When is that speaking about Shalor Irvu, where the two Chatzeros did not make an Eruv between them? But if they made an Eruv between them, then they are permitted. You see, like Rava said, that if they have an opening between them, in addition to the openings between the Pasim, to, to the area between the Pasim, and they made an Eruv amongst the two Chatzeros through the opening between them, that carrying is permitted. The the fact that they open to Bein HaPasim does not prohibit carrying. Umar asks, 
So let us be Akasha on Ravuna. Amrallah Ravuna. Ravuna says, No, Hatam the Hadram Arvan. No, that's talking about where they got mixed together. Rashi says, where the wall between them fell down so much that somebody who's standing outside the Chatseros between the Pasim can see that they are really one Chatser. We were concerned that the two Chatseros should not be allowed to make an Eruf between them because somebody standing Bein HaPasim between the Pasim won't know that there's a door between the two Chatseros through which they made an Eruf and he will think that you can make an Eruf between two Chatseros just because they both open to Bein HaPasim as if it was a Mavoy. Therefore, if the wall fell down to a significant degree that you can see from the area of Bein HaPasim that they are really one Chatser now, an Eruv between them would be permitted. Vamei Abai Meraba. Abai asked Raba another question. Yavshu HaMayim B'Shabbat Mahu. If the well dried up on Shabbos, what is the din? Can you still carry between the Pasim? Amrlei klum naseh mechitza ela b'shul mayim. Mayim enkan mechitza enkan. Why was this recognized as a valid mechitza? Because of the water. If there's no water, there's no mechitza. This type of mechitza was permitted only around a well, not in general. And if there's no more well, there's no more mechitza. Ba'i Ravin, Ravin asked, the well dried up on Shabbos. And the water came on Shabbos. It rained on Shabbos. And the well filled up again, or the cistern filled up again. What's it in? Abai answered him, Don't ask what happens if it dries up on Shabbos. Because I asked my Rebbe, Rabbi, he answered me, and he answered me, that's prohibited. And also, if the water came back on Shabbos, you should not ask. It is a mechitza which is made on Shabbos, Vitanya, and we learned in a brisa called mechitza hasuyav Shabbat. Any mechitza that's made on Shabbos, bein v'shogeg, bein v'mezid, bein v'onos, bein v'ratzon, whether it was made v'shogeg that you didn't know it was a malacha, or v'mezid that you intentionally made a machitza on Shabbos, even though you knew it was prohibited, whether you did it against your will, whether you did it willingly, it is called a machitza. Therefore, if it rains on Shabbos and the well gets refilled, the machitza is valid. Did not Rav Nachman say about this, that it's only a machitza to make someone who throws from Rosh Hashanah into it liable for throwing from Rishusarabim to Rishusayachid. It's only Machitza Lechumra. Avalataltel, but to permit carrying low, it's not permitted, it's not considered a Machitza when it's built on Shabbos. And therefore, if it rains on Shabbos and the well is refilled, we should not say it's a good Machitza. Our answer is Ki Itmar Rav Nachman Amezid Itmar. Now, Rav Nachman was only talking about someone who intentionally transgressed Shabbos and built a Machitza. There, we penalized him and said that it's not going to be a machitza to permit carrying, it's only going to be a machitza. We doraisa, it's a machitza, and therefore if you throw from Rishusarabim into that area, you are chaya for transferring from Rishusarabim to Rishusayachid on Shabbos. But we're not going to permit you to carry as a punishment for transgressing Shabbos. But where it rained, 
nobody transgressed Shabbos, the well filled up by itself, the mechitza therefore became a mechitza by itself, and you can carry. I'm a Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer said, Hazorek lebein chayav. If somebody throws from Rishus Arabim into the area between the pasim around the well, the enclosure around the well, chayav, he is liable for throwing from Rishus Arabim to Rishus Ayachid. The Gemara asks, Pshita, that's obvious. If it wasn't a machitza, how could you fill your bucket on Shabbos? The well is ten fachim deep, it's a Rishusayachid. The area around it would be a Rishusarabim, if not for the Pasei Biraot. So if the Pasei Biraot do not turn it into a Rishusayachid, how could you fill your well? Obviously it's a Rishusayachid, and therefore if you throw from Rishusarabim into that area, you are Chayav. Our answer is, Lo, It's talking about where you made like Pasebirot in Rishisarabim, and there's no well there. You just built such a structure of four L-shaped boards. And you threw something from Rishisarabim into it, Chayav, and Rabbi Eliezer is telling me that you're Chayav. Our answer that's also obvious, Ilav de Ba'alma if not that four L-shaped boards made a mechitza, how could carrying be permitted around a well? If that didn't qualify as a mechitza midoraisa, how could the chachamim permit you to carry around the well and to draw water from the well? Our answer is, The Kiddush is that you made such a structure in the middle of the street and lots of people walk through it. Umar asked, Umay Kamashwan, so what's he teaching us? That many people going through a machitza are not vatalit? For example, we make our Eruv out of Surota Petach, consisting of telephone poles and wires. Now, where a wire crosses the street, cars go through it all day long. So, is that what it's teaching me? That when the Rabim go through it, it does not negate the machitza. Ha'amar Rabbi Elazar Chadazimna, but Rabbi Elazar already said that once. I said Rabbi Eliezer before. I meant Rabbi Elazar, and Rabbi Elazar already said that once before. It's not because we learned in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Yimaytad Derech Rishut Rabim Mafsaktan Yisalkenu Sadim. Rabbi Yehuda says that if the path of the of the Rabim goes through the area between the wells, you should redirect it around. The pasim, and the say it's not necessary. Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Elazar, and Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Elazar commented on this. The Amri Tarvayo, they both said, This teaches us the power of mechitzos that even though the rabbim walk through them, it doesn't negate them. So he already said it once. Why does he need to tell me that again? More answers. Because if we had only this second statement where Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Elazar said, here the Chachamim taught you the power of Mechitzos, I might think that they're explaining the Brisa, but that doesn't mean they agree with it. Or the Mishnah. But that doesn't mean they agree with it. Therefore, Rabbi Elazar said it a second time to tell us that he agrees with it. That he actually poskins that way. So let us have only the statement where he said that if you throw into that area, 
you're a chayev, and I would know that it's a Rishus HaYachid. You're right. It would not be necessary to say both. He didn't say both. One is inferred from the other. He actually made one statement, and the other statement was inferred from it. The Mishnah said, Mutar lakriv l'be'er. The Gemara says, Tan hatam. We learned there, Lo yamod adam reshut arabim v'yishteh reshut ha'yachid. A person should not stand in reshut ha'rabim and take a drink in reshut ha'yachid, or reshut ha'yachid v'yishteh reshut ha'rabim, or stand in reshut ha'yachid and take a drink in reshut ha'rabim. Elim ken machnis v'rosho v'rubol v'makom shushoteh. Unless his head and the majority of his body are in the reshut where his drink is. V'chein begat. And the same thing regarding a wine press. The halacha is that if you drink newly pressed wine in the wine press, you do not need to separate maser. But if you take the wine out of the wine press, you need to separate maser. So if you are standing outside and you want to drink inside, your head and the majority of your body need to be inside if you want to be exempt from maser. Gabe Adam Hamar Rubo. So regarding a person, we said you need the head and the majority of your body. Gabe Regarding a cow at a well between Pase Biraot, Rubo, do we need the head and the majority of his body? Although or not. Umar continues to elaborate on the question. If you are holding the bucket, but you are not holding the cow, then you certainly need to have the head and the majority of its body inside. Because if you're not holding the cow, it might inch out, and you might inch along with it, and the next thing you know, you'll have transferred the bucket into Rishus HaRabim. Kiti Bailach, where is the question? Hecha denakit mana venakit la, where you're holding the bucket and you're holding the cow. My, what's the halacha? Amrlei. So he answered him, Tinituha, we learned it in Mishnah, as long as the cow and the, major, the majority of the cow and its head are inside, and it drinks, my love, is it not speaking about the nakit lav and nakit mana, where you're holding it and you're holding the bucket, and nevertheless it says you need the head and the majority of its body inside? Mara says, Lo, no, not necessarily. Denakit mana velo nakit la. It's talking about where you're holding the bucket and you're not holding the cow. Vachinakit mana velo nakit la mishari. Mara asks, Is that so? If you're holding the bucket and you're not holding the cow, is it permitted to give it a drink at all? Vatanya, what we learned in Abraisa, Lo yimale adam mayim vitain veshabat lifnei behemto. You may not take water and put it in front of your animal on Shabbos. But you may fill a bucket and pour it into the trough, and the animal drinks on its own. Where it says, What we said about that, That is speaking of a case where you have a trough in Rishisarabim, which is ten Tfachim high and four wide, so that inside of the trough is a Rishusayachid, even though it's standing in Rishusarabim, and one end of the trough reaches to between the Pasim, so you want to fill a bucket from the well, and walk along the trough, which is Rishusarabim, 
holding the bucket over the trough, which is a Rishusayachid, which is permitted because you're allowed to walk in Rishusayachid carrying something in Rishusayachid. For example, if there was a window and you're walking along a window and your hand is inside, that's permitted. But here, you should not do it. Why not? You might see that the trough is broken. You'll go to fix it. And you'll carry the bucket with you. And when you walk down along the trough, you're walking in Rosh Hashanah. So you will have carried the bucket from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. In other words, the Gemara asked, are you allowed to give water to your cow where you're holding the bucket and not holding the cow? We said that you're not allowed to. And Abaye answers, no, when are you not allowed to? When you have this trough, which is a Rishusayachid, standing in Rishusarabim, except that one end of the trough is between the Pase Biraos, and we're concerned that you might be standing in Rishusayachid, pouring water into the trough, which is okay, because the trough is a Rishusayachid, but you'll see a problem down at the other end of the trough, and you'll end up absentmindedly carrying the bucket through Rishusarabim, when you go to address whatever the problem is, even though the language that the Gemara uses is to fix it, it doesn't mean to fix a kli, because that would be a separate iser deraisa, it just means to fix some problem. So that's a totally different situation. That's not what we're talking about here. So the Gemara continues, In such a situation, would you be chayev? The Gemara is making a that you should not fill the trough in that situation because you might see a problem and carry the bucket to fix it. But we usually only make zeros to address potential doraisas. In that situation, is there a potential doraisa? If you would carry the bucket absentmindedly into the Shusarabim to go address whatever the problem was with the trough, that would not be a doraisa. Bamar of Safra. Because Rav Safra said, I'm Rabbi Ami, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, that Rabbi Ami said, Rabbi Yochanan said, If you intend to move something from one corner of your house to the other corner of your house, and then you change your mind and carry it outside, you are exempt. Because the Akira, the picking up of the object, was not made with the intention of making a Hanacha in Rosh Hashanah. We know that to be Chayev, you need an Akira, a picking up, and a Hanacha, a putting down. And here, you did not make an Akira with the intention of making a Hanacha in Rosh Hashanah. And similarly, when you picked up the bucket in the Pase Biraos, you did it with the intention of pouring the water into a Rosh Hashanah, not with the intention of carrying the bucket into Rosh Hashanah, and you would not, would not, therefore you would not be chayev if you did carry the bucket. And since you would not be chayev, we would not make a zera to address that situation. And therefore, how can you say that the zera is talking about a situation where the trough is standing in Rishus Sayachid? And that's where you're not allowed to give water to the animal. But if the animal's in Rishus, in the area between the Pasim, you would be allowed to give water to the animal. In other words, if you work backwards and knock off each step, 
then we're left with our original question. Are you allowed to give water to an animal when you're holding the bucket and not holding the animal? Gemara says, rather, Ella zimnin demetakin lay. The concern is that you will address whatever the problem was with the trough, the hadar and then you will carry the bucket back from Rishus Arabim into Rishus Ayachid, the Kamaayam Rishut Arabim Rishut Ayachid. And then you will be carrying from Rishus Arabim to Rishus Ayachid, and that you will have done intentionally. Now, it could be, not be bemazed, because maybe you didn't know it was Asar and Shabbos, but the act of carrying the bucket was intentional. You picked it up with the intention of carrying it into Rishus Ayachid, and then you did carry it into Rishus Ayachid. And that's the case where you're not allowed to give water to the animal. But if the animal's head is in the Rishus Hayachid, in the area between the Pasi Viraos, you could give water to it, even if you're not holding the animal. Ika da Amri. There are those who say that the discussion was as follows. Gave Adam Kamrinan de Sagile Rishabrubo, Regarding a person, we said it's sufficient to have the head and the majority of his body inside. In the previous version, we said that regarding a person, it's required to have his head in the majority of his body inside. And now we're saying regarding a person, it's sufficient to have his head and the majority of his body inside. Gave para misagilav or shavruba olo. Regarding a cow, is it enough if its head and the majority of its body are inside the Pase Viros, or not? Do you need to have the whole cow inside the Pase Viros? Now, if you're holding the bucket and you're holding the cow, you don't need to ask. It's sufficient for the head and the majority of its body to be inside, because we're not afraid that it's going to inch outside and you're going to carry the bucket out. But you do need to ask the question where you're holding the bucket and not holding the cow. My, what's the halach? Amrle, he told him, Tinituha, we learned this. Says, as long as the cow's head and the majority of its body are inside, and it's drinking. My love, is it not talking about where he's holding the bucket and not holding the cow? So you see that it's sufficient to have its head and the majority of its body inside? Well, no. No, it's talking about where he's holding the bucket and he's holding the cow. But if he was not holding the cow, it would not be sufficient. And this makes sense. Because if he was only holding the bucket and not holding the cow, would he be permitted to give it water at all? But we learned, that a person should not fill water and put it in front of his animal, but he may fill the bucket and pour it into the trough, and it will drink on its own. Smar says, can't bring a proof from there, because we said about that, what's the case where you may not put the water in front of the cow? It's talking about where the trough is in Rishus Arabim, Ten tefachim high, v'rochav arba'a, and four tefachim wide. V'roshon nichnas l'bena pasim, and the end of the trough goes into the bena pasim. De zimnin de chazila leila avus. 
the Rakalkel Vaati Litakune, because you might see something wrong with the trough, and you will go to address it, Vitarile Ladavla Vade, you'll carry the bucket with it, Vekamapik Rishut Yachid Rishut Arbim, and you'll end up carrying from Rishusarat Yachid to Rishusarabim, and therefore you cannot put the water in front of the cow. Gemara says, really? In such a case, would you be chayav that we would need to make exera? Amar of Safra, Amar Rabbi Ami, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Amar of Safra said that Rabbi Ami said that Rabbi Yochanan said, if you move your belongings from one corner to another, and you change your mind and took them outside, you're exempt, because you did not make an Akira at the beginning with that intention. All of this is as we explained before. Rather, the concern is, Sometimes you will fix the problem with the trough, and then you will carry the bucket back, and you will end up carrying from Rishusarabim to Rishusayachid. And just to clarify, two times we quoted the Brisa that says, You should not fill a bucket with water and put it in front of your animal on Shabbos but you may fill the bucket and pour it out, and it, the animal will drink. What the Brisa means is, you may not fill a bucket and hold it while your cow drinks, but you can pour out the bucket, then the cow will drink afterwards. And the Gemara thought that that Brisa is talking about a cow that's standing between the pasim, and so you see that you're not allowed to give water to a cow when you're holding the bucket, and the Gemara answered, no. That was talking about a totally different case, where the cow is in the barn drinking from a trough that's outside, and the concern is that you should not be holding the bucket, because you might end up carrying it into Shusarabim. The Gemara continues, Tashma, come in here, Gamal Shoshobur Bomibifnim, the camel has its head and the majority of its body inside, of Sinoto, you may force feed it, Mibifnim, on the inside. Now, force feeding it is like holding the bucket and holding the animal, because you can't force feed an animal if you're not holding its neck. Nevertheless, we require the head and the majority of its body. So, this answers the first question in the first version, which is, does an animal have to have its head and the majority of its body inside? Amr of Achabar of Huna, of Achabar of Huna said, Amr of Sheshet, and Rav Sheshet said, Shani Gamal, a camel is different, for Ilbet Savro Aroch, because his neck is long, and therefore you need to have the head and the majority of its body inside, so that even if it moves its head, it will not go outside. But a cow whose neck is short, maybe you do not need the head and the majority of the body inside. Tashma, come in here, an animal that has its head and the majority of its body inside, you may force feed it inside. Now if you're force feeding it, it's like you're holding the bucket and you're holding the animal, because again, you need to be holding the neck to force feed it. Nevertheless, it says the head and the majority of its body need to be inside. Our answer is that's not a proof. What kind of animal are we talking about? A camel. 
But we have one rice that says Behema and one rice that says Gamal. Mara says, Midi Gabi Adadi Tanya. Are they, oh, there's two rices in the same place? If the two rices were in the same place and one said camel and one said animal, then animal would not mean camel. But if they're different rices that were taught separately, then animal can mean camel. Tanya Namihachi, we learn similarly in the Brisa, Rabbi Eliezer, Oser Begamal, Rabbi Eliezer prohibits a camel because its neck is long. You see that there's a different halacha for a camel than for a cow because a camel has a long neck.